even if somebody you trust and know and love have said, you know, no, I think they're fine, but like it doesn't sit right with your gut. That's what happened to me. It didn't sit right with my gut. And I thought, you know, maybe they're right. Hey guys, this is Jamie Hampton. I'm so grateful to have you back on. In today's episode, I dive a little bit into our private lives and talk about ADD and ADHD. Our middle daughter has ADHD and our youngest has ADD. And I talk about really being an advocate for your health. And that includes mental health, of course. I really wanted to just chat a bit about how it's really important that we are in charge of our health. We are in charge of our mental health. We have to really feel in our gut. Like, what is our gut telling us? What is the intuition telling us? What is the Holy Spirit telling us? Whatever you call it, we have a feeling a lot of the time when something isn't right. Sometimes we second guess that. And sometimes we think, oh, we're just thinking too much about it. But I really wanted to dive in and talk a bit about being an advocate for your own health as well as your children and maybe even your parents or whoever's in your life that you feel or at least that you can help. It's important to be the squeaky wheel sometimes. So it's been an awesome journey so far being on this podcast journey with you. I look forward to sharing so much more. There is so much more in the queue, so to speak. I'm just so excited that you're here with me. So I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hi there. So today, in today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit and just a snippet, not very long, about ADD and ADHD. So I shared yesterday in my Instagram stories that uh, my our daughter Daphne, who's 12, was diagnosed in March with ADD. And after working two years with her, homeschooling her for two years, um, actually almost two and a half years because of COVID, um, I just knew there was something more than just, I don't want to listen to mom give me instruction. And I don't want mom to be my teacher kind of a thing. So I was able to call the doctor and say, hey, I would like her to be observed or how do we do this to see if maybe we can get a diagnosis or maybe it's just nothing. I don't know. And so I think it was a couple weeks, a week or so later, they called and said, you know, we have something in a month. So we had to wait, but it's okay. It gave me time to fill out all the paperwork. So if you know what that paperwork is about, <laughs> it's kind of intense in a way, I feel like, because they're really going off of your knowledge of your child, which is smart because who knows the child better than the parents. And so I filled out many, many pages and went over with Bradley all of the answers and we went to the doctor, the behavioral, I don't know, don't remember what they called it. 
appointment and the doctor said, yeah, she has ADD. And especially they do a couple tests and um, they just kind of test her skills and ability. It's just simple things like, uh, at least this doctor did. I don't know what else they do, but um, I'm sure she was observing her behavior and things like that. And Daffy's not too fidgety. Like she can be still. She's very active, uh, but she can be still when she really wants to be. And so she was, she was good. But then with the instructions given to her, it was hard for her to do. And then with my answers and Bradley and my answers, I should say, they said, yeah, she has ADD. We're pretty certain of it. And she's been behind in school for a while. And I tried to get her tested or at least start the process when she was in fourth grade because it was after watching her in class because I, I was the PTA president over there at her old elementary school for a while and I also substitute taught there as well as other elementary schools in the district. I subbed her class a couple times in third grade and I just noticed she just wasn't with everybody and I kind of dismissed it but I kind of suspected before that maybe there's some kind of processing disorder going on. And so right now they're testing her for that through her current school. And she's had evaluations, a, a couple of them. And they look at the grades too. And so in fourth grade, when I had asked for her to be analyzed, it, they kind of gave me a blanket answer and said, you know, she's, her grades are fine and we don't really think there's a problem. And honestly, I will say, you know, she's a solid C student and maybe that's just who she is, but it's elementary school. And I think about it not being like too hard at that point, you know, she was just going into fourth grade. It might've been third grade that I wrote the letter. It was third or fourth. After COVID hit and then we're working at home so much, and then I homeschooled her, like I said, for a couple years, I said, you know what? Something has to be done. I have to rule it out. If anything, I have to make sure that I rule it out. So I obviously we have a diagnosis and then trying to get her tested was hard at, at the latter part of the year last year. So it didn't happen until the beginning of this year, which I'm very grateful for. And so we're waiting on these tests to see if maybe there's, and that was the advice of the doctor at Kaiser said, you know, you might want to do the cognitive tests and see if maybe there's a reading or a comprehension or maybe a math disability there. And so we're, we're moving forward. So, and I'm grateful for that. I just want to rule it out. You know, I want to rule all of it out. And I am someone who dives into research and then I kind of will take a step back. So for the summer, I've, I took a step back from it, but I need to get back into my ADD research. So I am listening to a book called Smart But Scattered. And so far, it's wonderful for what they call executive functions like time management and task initiation, things that she definitely has a problem doing.
or I should say problems doing. And so it makes me feel less alone <laughs> when I'm listening to it because I felt like so like, oh my gosh, I'm so alone in this. And so I come to you today with this tip of be an advocate for your kids and for your parents and for yourself because it's really easy to get pushed under the rug, shuffled around. If you know in your gut that something isn't right, go and search what that is. Like try and figure it out. Get help, get resources, go to the doctor, whatever you need to do. I am somebody who is a squeaky wheel, or I can be, and so I think that it's helped definitely in the process thus far with Daphne and getting her cognitive tests. But even going back to when my dad had cancer a year and a half ago, you know, I'm my sister and I both, we're on the email and we're saying, this is happening and this shouldn't be happening and what can we do about this, this, or this, you know? And so um, you have to be the squeaky wheel and you have to be your own advocate as well as advocates for your family and especially your children. Even if somebody you trust and know and love have said, you know, no, I think they're fine, but like it doesn't sit right with your gut. That's what happened to me. It didn't sit right with my gut. And I thought, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe, yeah, she's fine. Which, of course, you know I'm not saying my child is stupid. You know I'm not saying that she is inadequate. It's just that her brain works a little bit different than mine and Bradley's. So it's hard in this house sometimes because Bradley and I are very the same. We're very fast. We're very efficient. We're very, you know, we try to be anyway. We we're, we try to be punctual and now we have this beautiful daughter who is not necessarily any of those things sometimes. And so it makes it hard some going places. It makes it hard to be on time for school sometimes, especially if she's not a baby. I can't just dress her myself and brush her teeth myself, comb her hair and put her in the car. It's different. She's 12 now, you know, so there are different challenges. And our middle daughter also has ADHD and I remember when she came to us and told us that we were both kind of in denial about that. So when Daphne got diagnosed and as I was researching and figuring out how to help her, I apologized to our middle child. I said, I'm sorry that I kind of like fluffed it off, you know, and I asked questions about you know, what she's done for school. Now, she's a little different where she has ADHD, but she's a straight-A student. Um, and that's what I'm learning, that even if you're a straight-A student, it doesn't mean that you don't have ADHD or ADD and different challenges. She's just been able to work it out and figure it out. And so now she's graduated high school and it's great, but um, she didn't really have a special plan. And so I thought man, I kind of missed the boat on that to help her with that. So be an advocate. Be an advocate for your kids. Be an advocate for your spouse, for your parents, if you can, for yourself. It's very important. Thank you for listening today. I 
hope that you have a fantastic day. So how was that? I hope that you enjoyed listening to a snippet of our lives. <laughs> There's more to the story, of course, but I just wanted to give you a little overview of being an advocate and really trusting your gut. And there has been a lot of times where I had to be an advocate for myself in my health journey, but also more recently for my mom. My mom is in early to moderate dementia and my sister and I have been constantly trying to figure out how to help her and read books on it and she's even under the care of not only her Kaiser doctor and neurologist but also a holistic doctor who I really believe is helping her. It's just a little bit of a slower process and so really trying to figure out her hormone levels and how to slow the progress because that's basically where we're at. But it's hard and it's hard being the squeaky wheel and it's hard being the person that's constantly emailing and trying to talk to the doctors and trying to get the nurses to answer you or leaving phone messages, whatever it is. Like I was saying with my dad, I remember when my dad was going through cancer, he has had two hiatal hernias. I think that's how you say it. And so basically his stomach was twisted and it was like in his chest. So it wasn't even in the spot of your body where it's supposed to be. And so he has had to have that repair twice and where they, they bring the stomach back to where it's supposed to be. Um, and somehow tack it down and they even had to the last time create a little extension of his esophagus because it didn't reach where they wanted it to go or where it was supposed to go which sounds crazy and awesome at the same time think about modern medicine it's incredible the things that we know now I'm grateful that wasn't my job but the things the surgeon could do and so when he was going through chemo and having the urge to to vomit, it was so important to us to try to keep that down as much as possible. And so we were constantly, my sister and I are constantly going, we have to get him a stronger med so that he doesn't um, dry heave because we're afraid it's going to mess up all of this surgery that has happened that he's had to have two times. And so I remember my sister and I just constantly on the phone and trying to work it out and getting as much help as we could from the chemo doctor and nurse. And in the end, of course, if it had to happen, it had to happen. But he was on a couple different anti-nausea medications for it. And it was crazy and exhausting, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I really believe that we helped him. I really believe that we helped him to the best of our abilities. And so it's hard being the one emailing all the time and all the time on the phone. And I was unapologetically calling several times, you know, like that. I think that's the thing. We can't be afraid that we are putting them out or, oh, here they go calling again. no. You don't know all the ins and outs of chemo or radiation. At least I didn't, and neither did my sister. So 
We're there to learn. We're there to figure out what best works for him. So I think it's important to do. We definitely wouldn't forgive ourselves if we didn't try everything we could, you know? So it's important. Be an advocate for yourself. Be an advocate for your children, for sure. And if it goes beyond that with your relationship with your parents or anybody else that you happen to be a caretaker of, go above and beyond and do what you can and be secure in that. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It's been such a pleasure to bring to you different topics and things that are going on in my life and and my the life of my family. And I really look forward to so many more episodes I have planned. Uh, so many episodes that I even already have recorded that I need to edit. So if you wouldn't mind, leave a review. I would love to hear your comments. I would love to hear what you love about the show. I would love to hear what maybe needs work. Yeah, let me know. I Any kind of feedback is great feedback because then we can only get better, right? We can only be better than we were yesterday. So there's, there's one way to do it. Thank you so much for sharing this episode and sharing this podcast with your friends and family. And I really, really look forward to talking with you soon. Until then, I love your face. Everybody needs some, everybody needs some love.